Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Hey, just because the Super Bowl has passed, it does not mean that Bet Online still doesn't have your back. Basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC. It's the best place to go for any of your sports betting needs. Right down to your favorite Vegas casino games as well. Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Head to the Bet Online today. Use your mobile device, sign up, and receive, listen to this, 50% off as a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, to get yourself started. Bet Online, where the game starts. Listen up. The winter months are here. You need to start taking better care of your skin. You don't want to let the cold and the wind and the frigid dryness to ravage your beautiful skin. You need whey in your life. It's spelled O-U-A-I. Whey has the stuff you need. They have the Way Melrose Place Body Cream. They also have the Way Melrose Place Body Cleanser. Hydrating, fast-absorbing, high-quality ingredients that nourishes your skin and gives it the hydration it needs immediately to prevent dryness. Balance your skin. Gently cleanse and nourish. It's skin softening with oils and hydrating blends, high-quality nourishing ingredients like jojoba seed oil, rosehip oil. Also, the Melrose Place Body Cream has coconut oil and kapuasu butter, which is just fun to say. Experience the new way Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser. Your body, your way. Go to the O-U-A-I.com. Use the promo code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V. Get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at theway.com. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Use the code BLEAV. I know of a spoon that's magic. It's a magic spoon. Tastes better or as good as your favorite childhood cereals in amazing flavors. Every single one is good. Maple waffle, cookies and cream, cocoa, fruity, frosted. Magic Spoon is the bomb, okay? It's not just great tasting cereal. It's legitimately healthy. 13, 14 grams of protein, four net grams of carbs in each serving, and only 140 calories that are packed with things that are gonna curb that sweet tooth, fill you up, and keep you on track when you're trying your best to eat healthy. Magicspoon.com slash Mikey. Grab a custom bundle of cereal. Try it today. And be sure to use the promo code Mikey at checkout. Save $5 off your order. You got to have an ace up your sleeve. Excuse me. You got to have an ace up your sleeve when you're trying to diet. You're trying to watch what you eat. That sweet tooth, the cravings, they're going to come. Nothing, nothing is better than Magic Spoon. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the promo code M-I-K-E-Y. Save yourself $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's get down to business. Matt Vincent is legitimately my friend. I like the guy a lot. He is such a hard worker. He's constantly thinking. He's constantly moving. He's constantly trying to improve himself and exposing himself to really difficult situations, and he's trying, he's seeking out struggle for the sake of self-betterment, and that is something that I respect so much. He is a guy that is absolutely going to make sure that if he fails at something in life, it's not going to be from a lack of hard work. He puts his mind to stuff, and he grinds, and I really, really, really do admire him in so many ways. He's also a former world-class Highlands game competitor. He is a top of the food chain strength athlete that has now transitioned into being more about overall health and wellness and fitness while still being able to maintain some of that horsepower. And I think that that's something that a lot of us could really learn from because I'll tell you, when it comes to being 
uh, jacked and tan and having an amazing physique, that's the way to go about it. You got to get a big engine before you can perform on the racetrack. And um, Matt's, a, Matt's a really good dude. And he's my friend. He uh, happened to stay with me here at the farm in Texas. And he was nice enough to sit down with me for a little bit of a chat. And here it is. All right. After much consternation, we are actually recording. Thank you, Matt Vincent, for joining me. Happy to be here. Um, I'm uh, I'm really happy to have you. Matt, for those of you who don't know, a one of the very few people in the health and fitness industry who actually has competed at a world-class high level and uh, is a Highland Games champion, world champion, um, and has transitioned from Highland Games into general overall fitness, wellness, and uh, a better understanding of self-improvement and living a better life. Um, he has many different business ventures, including um, clothing merchandising, a coffee company, his own gym uh, that is um, a bit off kilter, but in all the right ways out in <clears throat> St. Louis, Missouri. And he is actually a house guest of mine, the yeah. first non-family house guest here yes. at uh, the Flor de Luna farm in Austin area of Texas. And so thank you, man. Dude, it's so stoked to be here, man. I'm glad, glad to catch up and glad to be part of the show, dude. I dig what you're doing. Uh, I definitely dig what you're doing too. And uh, it's always been uh, a real pleasure, not only to like bounce ideas off you, but just to call you a friend to be able to kind of surround myself with people like you. Cause I always, um, I mean, I think one of the big things that even drew me so closely to fitness when I first got into really lifting weights was that it was the first place I had ever been to, you know, this a gold gym in Pasadena where there were guys around me that were willing to talk and hang out with me that like fully had their shit together. Yeah. And, um, you know, there was that, I, we, I talked about it with Dr. Drew on his podcast last week. There's this general preconceived kind of stereotype of like the meathead being this dumb. And I'm sure there's those they, guys they exist. Guys exist. Yeah. Yes. I've, I've met plenty, but for the most part, the most people I've seen that really put that extra effort and put are meticulous about um, training, whether it be bodybuilding and physique stuff or in performance, they're they're thoughtful people. They have to be because you you have to constantly adjust and pivot and reassess things. And uh, so for me, at, at this stage of my life, it's always nice to to have people like you in my life to be able to surround myself with because it definitely makes me want to be better in every way. Um, and you know, I was talking about being at this point in my life. I'm, I'm 42. I'll be 43 in like three weeks. Mm-hmm. You're 38. 38. Be so 39 in April. You're right on the cusp of like the generation behind me. Yes. So you're you're looking at what I was looking at four or five years ago. And for me, I was, ha- I was on that crossroads of really st- having those conversations with myself of like, am I just more sore? Am I a little bit more tired? Or am I being a pussy? And what what is just nature and what can I push through with a change of mindset? Sure. And I, I'm curious to get your take on that. Um, it's, it has changed a lot over the years, mm-hmm. right? So like as I was competing in uh, Highland Games, so I did that for 10 years mm-hmm. at, in that sport. And so leading up to that, you figure I've got three or four years of strongman, a couple of years of powerlifting, a little bit of weightlifting, kind of all crossing over each other a little bit. Right. Um, and then finally into Highland Games. And so my approach to that training to win a world championship, everything's dialed. And so like at that point, like I'm training really heavy every week. I'm also 30, 30, yeah, 30, 27, 30. Um, yeah, 27 to 30. And I see a massage therapist every week, chiropractor twice, and then lift heavy four days a week and throw, sorry, lift, lift three days a week and throw four. Wow. <clears throat> and that's it's every week for 10 years not to mention Highland Games is really unique because there aren't Highland Game gyms the way that there's a bodybuilding place or powerlifting or gyms. even strongman of there's course. like strongman places to go train yeah, yeah there, there is now and Highland Games is still so niche that all of like the top 20 dudes in the world train in their garage and throw by themselves right and so we had that kind of unique thing of being by ourselves. And so, like, no one's got your back for you showing up. So if you it's don't show you. up, no one gives it's a shit. You, yeah. And for the most part, throwing up, still no one gives a shit, even if it goes well. So it's got to be for you. 
Yeah, for those of you who don't know, by the way, Highland Games is very similar to Strongman, but it, it incorporates a lot more of throwing things. Um, you wear a kilt. It's it's based on, uh, you know, kind of traditional sports of the Scottish Highlands. Yeah, right? there, so there's a great little – there's two documentaries. There's one that I'm part of on Amazon Prime called uh, The Heavies. Mm-hmm. It followed us around like my last season. You watched me take second at a lot of big competitions <laughs> on this uh, on the movie on Amazon. And then there's another one called like – uh, home game mm-hmm. on Netflix now, and they have one on the highlight. It's actually called Two Girls One Cup. <laughs> same, I, same. It's game. Very similar. <clears throat> you should look it up. Yeah. It's great. Um, so that'll give you a rundown if you're curious about the sport. But it's stones and stuff, more like shot put. I've got a track and field background, competing at LSU, um, and so staying focused on the sport then, and like knowing I'm beating the shit out of myself, and not aware of what's coming. Yeah. Um, at that point, like you're indestructible. It's great. <laughs> you are. And, and one of the things I think that, um, emotionally, psychologically, I always encourage people. And I, myself look to world-class athletes, performance athletes at any level as motivation. But I think a big mistake that I've made, and I know a lot of people in the health and fitness world make, is they look to athletes who are mainly concerned with performance to model their eating and training after. Yeah, sure. And it's and it, it, I, I know it sounds weird because you would say, hey, someone who's jacked and lean, MMA fighter, 100-meter sprinter, I want to be jacked and lean, therefore I should do what they do. But the difference between performance and aesthetics is pretty vast. M- much more it's so gigantic. than right. They, they're opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. Um, occasionally, that Venn diagram overlaps. Yeah, a little, little wiggle. Yeah. Right. But you, you're trying to serve two masters at once, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you want to get lean, there's got to be a bit of staying in a caloric deficit. And caloric deficit means performance deterioration. Yes. <laughs> and so, if I'm pushing heavy every week. Um, and, and training the way I am, like I need some bit of a caloric surplus mm-hmm. to manage breakdown. Mm-hmm. So if I'm losing weight during the season, I've made a mistake. Right. Uh, that wasn't a problem at that time. Plenty of food, plenty of food to go around. I was uh, about two eighty five, two ninety at fighting weight, and at, and, at, and at that age too, you could you could get away with eating pretty much whatever you want as long as the protein was there, right? You could yeah, just- you know, and, and it got better over the years. I got more dialed in on it and tried to get better and better at it. Uh, it's funny now that I've lost some weight and played more with aesthetics of what then I would have thought. I was like, I eat pretty clean. Right. I did not. What what that guy would have thought is like, I eat probably 90% of my meals are, are what they should be mm. and whatever that means, right? Um, was thinking they were clean. They're not. Um, and now that I work with a nutrition company or any of these other type of things, like I would now admit that I'm probably 90% right. dialed in. Whereas before I have to look at it, I'm like, we're well, 50, 50. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, if you're, if you're going to be pushing performance, like you have to fuel and, and treat the machine that way. Right. And if I want high output and, especially for a performance sport like strongman, Highland Games, powerlifting, there's a certain amount of sand that you have to have in your pockets just to create leverage. And so, like, you need to weigh X, period. And so being able to manage that and figure out, like, the best way to fuel that machine so that you're continually driving forward and not deteriorating, the other side of that is being really strict on deloads and how to manage that time. Um, Whereas aesthetics... Uh, like other friends that I've got at bodybuilding, like the beauty of bodybuilding, I think you could do it forever. You could. <clears throat> I mean, you I mean, may not. You may not be able to have the same level of performance forever, but there's plenty, plenty, literally plenty of eighty-five-year-old guys who are shredded and jacked mm-hmm. um, that continue doing it. But you know, let's be honest. There's some Mexican supplements that can help. Right on. Um, and I, by the way, not judging. I'm, a big I'm fan. just saying like, uh, it, it's, <laughs> it, that's a reality, but um, body looking as lean and as muscular as you can possibly look is, is a lifelong endeavor. It's a lifelong yeah. thing. Yeah. It's something that you just can't ever lose grasp on. There's no, I'll get back on it. Like you just have to stay. People like Michael Hearn or any of that are incredible proof of it. But as, as you get, 
the the one of the major differences that I've noticed as a guy who flirted um, in his life with training and eating for performance. I, I, I got into competitive jujitsu for a time. I was in competitive powerlifting, but I also was in competitive bodybuilding. So like the idea like at of all the same time. No, no, no. I I, mean, I, I flirted with all different times, okay. all different times, but I got to to really. I got a real boot camp on what it means to train and eat for aesthetics because mm. there's a big difference between I want to look good for summer and I'm going to get on a stage in front of a crowd in a speedo. Yeah, I have no <laughs> clue of what that is. I remember whenever I was big and strong, like the the lie mm. I had for myself was if I cut down to 250, I'm going to look sweet. Yeah. And I got to 250 and I didn't. I didn't look like what I hoped that that 250 was going to look like. Right now, as I'm 230, I'm leaner, but realistic. If I wanted to get on stage, I'm sub 200. It's it's like uh, the old adage around any kind of bro sport, you know, whether it be powerlifting or MMA. It's always like, well, there's levels to this shit. You're getting getting some time to spend around like professional bodybuilders. Uh, Recently, you know, I've gotten some time to become friends with Flex Lewis. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the whole his whole world not only revolves around it, but there's five or six people whose whole world <laughs> revolves around Flex being able to be Flex Lewis. Right. And it's incredible to me that you know, he's like, yeah, I haven't missed a cardio day in 15 years. Like, I've never missed it. And so here, like that level of commitment and that consistency, I always find it really weird that people want advice from those people too because like for me I'm more interested in advice from a guy like you right who's did it and has done it healthy and it's taken a really long time and has a family and a real uh, another job that out yeah yeah no I and I I couldn't agree more I will say though I love hearing Dorian Yates and Flex Lewis and I love hearing the talk simply for the motivation Dude, because that shit gets me. You know, I get goosebumps it. sometimes. You know? Yeah, dude. I like. I want to be surrounded by those high power mm. mutants. Yeah. Those, then see them operate in their world and see that intensity. Uh, I mean, you know, perfect example is like Flex. Flex has his gym in Vegas, uh, the Dragon's Lair, which is it's awesome, beautiful facility, and he closes it from noon to two every day for him. That's gangster. It's his gym, so him and his three dudes train, mm-hmm. and no one bothers him. That's pretty gangster. And that's that's every day. And that's the way it has to be treated at that level. Those, You know, I think it's very important to have an idea of what you want to do with this. Like, if you want it to occupy your entire life, then figure out why you want to compete in that thing, right? Like, Thailand Games for me was essentially the sole focus of my existence for 10 years. Right. You know, any spare time I had kind of went toward that. And my goal was to be the best in the world at a thing. That's not my goal for aesthetics or my physical health. Sure, no, it's to look look better. Yeah, I'd like to look better naked. I'd like to feel a little better and Mm -hmm. have some cooler options for... Maybe live longer? (laughs) Yeah, fun things, right? Like, I I got to be so specific for so long. It's nice now to be able to generally try new things and Mm -hmm. figure out... You know, I suck at running or I suck at jujitsu or I suck at this. How do I get better? How do I apply the same things that got me really good at one thing over to this? Sure. And it's consistency. Like yeah. Those are the big ones. Show up a bunch of times. Like it's going to take 10 years to get good at a thing, whether that's bodybuilding or anything else. And I always, I always, because I try to engage in stuff that's difficult for the sole reason of I want to s- expose myself to that. Mm-hmm. You know? And like anyone I would imagine, I get really frustrated when I'm terrible. <laughs> um, and there's a there's a laundry list of those things, surfing, jujitsu, where I go and I'm like, I'm not Hicks and Gracie, you. This is terrible. I suck. You know, people are smashing me. Well, but he wasn't for a long time either. That's what I, and I, and I, you know what I always think back to? Radio. Of course. And I, I'm like, I was so shitty. And I was so shitty just like everyone else who did it, you know, whether it's Stern or Rush Limbaugh or whoever, they all stunk. But I was so passionate about being good that I devoted my life. I devoted my life to being better and then achieved that, right? I can't expect 
anything else not to go that way? Right. I can't expect anything else not to go that way. But also, I can't expect to have the same level of improvement that I did in radio because radio literally was if I didn't apply myself, I was going – my life would be over. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. I, Just like Jason Ellis, our friend, mutual mm-hmm. friend Jason Ellis. Real – in comparison to Earth, like the regular dudes of the Earth – He's a really good boxer. Mm-hmm. A really good boxer. I mean, like he's he's way higher in the top probably 90th percentile of of humans at boxing. And our other mutual friend, Kyle Kingsbury, who received paychecks to fighting is a very different level. Who was not also, by the way, not a striker. Like no. he will be the first to admit he was a grappler that had rudimentary striking. He got in the ring with Jason after not training at all, and Jason did like a full fight and just t- beat the fuck out of him. Yeah. And it's like there's – you can't – because for a long time in Kyle's life, fighting was not just something he was passionate about. It was his means of existence. And right. I can never really hope to replicate anything in life to to that because – you can't synthesize that. No. Of like, there's no safety net with this shit. You know? No, no. There, and, and there can't be. There yeah. can't be. Like, the time's going to take so long to get good at a thing and be able to apply that force and get the reps and figure out where you stink at it. And then where do I specifically stink at it? Mm-hmm. And then I have to attack those things. Yeah. And then see what else gets exposed as the next thing holding me back. Right. And then work on that. And. You know, if that applies to health, it's, okay, where are my weak links? Are they my nutrition? Is it my consistency? Is it, where is it? And yeah, and even, how even to eliminate getting, that first. Even getting more geeky with it. You take that and you get the broad view. Then it's like, well, is it nighttime eating? Mm. Is it, am, I, am I great throughout the day and then it's, I snack at nighttime? You know, it's like you got to get so and, kind of and, and fine-tuned. So, yeah, you know? and, and the further into it you go, the better you fine-tune. Mm-hmm. Um but general public, I think, just gets overwhelmed with so much information that's out there and information that really isn't directed at people in their first five years of training. Right. Um, I mean, even when people reach out to me, I was like, hey, I'm interested in training, right? Like the beginner market. And my always respond, they're like, what program do you think or this and that? And my response is, is like, whatever will get you to the gym five days this week for right. an hour. And how many, time, how many times, uh, at least this has been my experience, I, I would love to hear your take on it. People are in the kind of beginner to intermediate phase and they ask, they either sign up with my Patreon or they, they ask directly and help like it's a personal friend. And I program stuff out for them and they're like, that's it? I can do so much more. And I go, maybe. But, can you do it for 10 years? Right. That, and I go like. No, we're not in a race, dude. Mm-hmm. You're not behind. You haven't started. And it's like, yeah, I, I, it's one of the only things in life I've seen. Like, let me give you an example. If anybody, even if they didn't know shit about basketball, was like, I want, I, I've never played in my life, but I joined this rec league. And I'd really like to get better at basketball, mm-hmm. but I've never played. Um, I really want to follow uh, Kobe Bryant's um, prime years training program. And you'd be like, well, that's insane. No one would say that because they'd be like, I'm a beginner. I need to just work on. But yet in fitness, everyone like young guys want to do Ronnie Coleman's workout from the start. And young women, um, even if they've never exercised, they're like, I wanted this Instagram girl. I saw trains like this. And I was like, well, what the fuck are you? She shredded in 21 and on growth hormone. Like, right, like right, right, right. <laughs> you know, it's. <sighs> Yeah, it's it, it's a bunch of years, and people think that that program's going to be the thing. And you should have you've got to build a foundation. Yeah, you know Kobe Bryant's training program at his peak, or Tom Brady's, or whoever it is. Yeah, you know it's so sport specific right. by that point of their career that Kobe doesn't need to shoot free throws anymore. Right, he's got it. Probably practice here and there. I'm sure he's still doing reps. Yeah, like ball handling is yeah. probably not a yeah. Right, right, right. Like he doesn't need to do any pivot drills. Yeah. You know, maybe not any chest passes to other people. Like, whereas if you're starting, of course you do. Yeah. Like, if you're starting, maybe figure out how to bench press first before you're concerned with benching 315. Or or a a 20 exercise elaborate chest superset specialization program. You know what I'm... It's a really... And, and again, goes back to whatever your goals are. Yeah. But 
for the beginner, you can get so much done with less than you think mm-hmm. if you'll manage the diet. Like if your goal is aesthetics, the, the 80 plus percent of it, 90 percent of it's your kitchen. And people hate hearing that. Well, I wish, dude, I wish there was another answer. <laughs> I know. I, I tried a really long time to find another solution that would allow me to not look at that part. I've tried growth. I've tried test. I've done all of it. For I was I would love there to be another solution that I could tell people and they're hesitant. Me too. Yeah. Because um, I love food. Yeah, it's great. Right. But but um, I I've my personal uh, belief, and, and at least it's been my experience, women will diet if you tell them to like if you okay they'll they'll commit to that but you have a really hard time getting them to lift weights mm. young men will lift will go balls to the wall in the gym it's almost impossible to get them to, to diet come, yeah, yeah to follow a diet the women's thing is built on such a long line of bad information yeah and because the women look at Famous women who lift and immediately think, I don't want to be bald. I don't want to look like China. Of course. This is the most standard thing in the world. And my response is like, oh, God forbid your genetics are so good that you're accidentally going to add all this muscle when you start working at it. It's just going to show up. In a caloric deficit, you're going to – it's so easy to add muscle that you're just going to explode. Right, right, right. You can't even stop it. One thing that I wanted to definitely talk to you about is that you have – made amazing transformation aesthetically. Um, and I wanted to get your take on just like, because like you said, I think that it, it, it is a little worse for women, but in general, I think the general public is just inundated with a lot of useless information, either, either useless or just flat out fallacious, like um, wrong. I also just think too much. Yeah. Like, and I think there just becomes a lot of uh, an out paralysis through analysis. Decision There's, fatigue. You yeah. just don't know what to do, what's programmed. Like, do I just, most people just want to be told what to do. Yeah. And that goes for their whole life. So, for a guy who made the commitment to not only lose weight, but to lose body fat, mm-hmm. you know, and just to, to really, you've made a, a really impressive transformation. What are the collection of tenets that you just like, these are the non negotiables if you really want to get it done? Uh, so, for me, and coming from, already a strong side Mm -hmm. and strength background the big hang the big hang up people have there is the ego that gets in the way of not being as strong Mm -hmm. um it's got to go yeah um you're you're not going to be as strong so cool let that go no one gives a shit move on yeah um from there it's it's nutrition uh it's managing the food it's figuring out calorically what's going on so start tracking food through an app and that way at least you're getting more information about like what actually my caloric intake looks like and it's going to be individualized to you so like track for two weeks and don't change your life because you're tracking and try to look great on paper right be very realistic and are you gaining weight or losing weight and if you're gaining weight you need less calories so cut 200 Mm. if you're losing weight and you don't want to be at the opposite At 200, yeah. Right. That's it's pretty simple. If you're, if you're staying exactly the same, then you know that you're probably yeah, right on. Cool. Right like on. if over two weeks, you're, you know, check your body weight every morning at the same time, be consistent there and be like, okay, up, down, up, down, but stay the same throughout the week, mm-hmm. two weeks. So cool. Now we know your caloric baseline. If you're training, also great. Yeah. Even better if you're doing stuff and tracking that. So now we know where your caloric balance is. So now let's pull 200 out. Yeah. We want to do minimal effective dose. Ma- minimal effective dosage. How- I also would recommend that for everything. Yeah. Drugs. Uh, <laughs> how, how small of a deficit can you get away with? You want to go with that. You don't That's want to it. take away too many. Get- how small of a, uh, of a surplus if you're trying to bulk? How much? How Same small? way that you would reverse diet up from being really lean. Yeah. It's like, you know, can I add 100 extra calories this week but not gain any weight? Mm-hmm. And so you keep adding until your body starts gaining weight again and then back off. And 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 with training, I've, I I can't tell you how many times and – I, and I say this as someone who has made this mistake so many times because I am a type A guy. I'm a drug addict who's really, really hyper-focused on things and I get really excited about stuff. Sure. So f- I thought if I'm getting jacked, this level jacked with this much training, I'm going to go harder <laughs> and I'm going to – and it never – if the, the, the downside 
to training too much is so much greater than the downside of training slightly too little. Well, so like rehabbing sorted a lot of stuff out for me, like working through knee surgeries and all that. Because I remember having this is my answer for consistency because all you want to do is get back. Yeah. And man, I can try as hard as I can and I can rehab the hell out of it. I can be focused. Right. No problem. I can do that brainless work every day because I know where we're going. But I tell people this because like, hey, I had total knee replacement or I had knee surgery and I'm trying to get back or I tweaked my shoulder or any of this. I'm like, there's no workout you're going to do that's going to make you buff or strong today. But you can fuck it all up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can fuck there, it all there up is, today. There is training you can do to fuck <clears throat> the whole thing up. The whole yes. thing today and we don't train for three weeks. And there's, and there's no diet that's going to make you shredded today. No. But there's a way of eating that can fuck the whole thing. It still amazes me that people don't believe caloric deficit is a fact. That like that's how it works. I don't know. It's almost like this uh, this old thing of like, well, addiction's not a disease. Yeah, I'm sure there's people that don't believe that, but there's no one with any knowledge that is espousing that. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, right, right, there's right. no clinical psychologist or, or or neurologist that says, well, addiction's it's not really a disease. It's just like willpower. There's no. There's no like advanced level athlete or nutritionist or, or dieting coach that is out there going, there, listen, if you just stick to low carb, you could eat as many calories as you want. Everything's going to be fine. No. no one says that. you know. No, it's just not the case. Yeah. In, in fact, what makes up your food isn't as important as how much you is what it is. Now, it is long-term health. You can look great right. and be really unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And many – Competitive bodybuilders in, in today's day and age are – they're giving you dying proof. Yep. You know, they all say living proof. They're giving you dying proof. You know, yeah. that these people who look unbelievable are dying at 40 pretty frequently. Well, the body's not meant to burn that hot for that long. Mm-hmm. Like, understand that that's a short window. Yeah. You know, no different than me getting to compete in my sport and, you know, the time ran up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I punished the machine enough. I didn't get to come back. Still continuing to chase that would be a huge mistake. How many fighters step on a scale, you know, depleted and everything just to make weight and they look one way? They couldn't fight like that. Your no, body, there's a big difference. Fight. It's like gauging how you look. Obviously, it's a it's a great way to kind of keep tabs on your health, but it is does not show what's inside. I also think with if, the quality if of food. If the food you're putting in is really good, mm-hmm. then you don't really need to question the other part. Right. However, with my food being really good, I get blood work done quarterly. I still monitor all that. I like to check on what small inefficiencies I have or what else can be picked up, whether vitamin D is too low or um, you know, managing whatever estrogen looks like, looking at testosterone, managing what T3 looks like, and all the other things that I want to I want to know how the machine's yeah. running. And if nothing else, like it's just letting me know, are we same or different? Mm-hmm. And if we're different, why? Yeah, it's just like tracking calories, right? It's not any different. Yeah. I treat all of it the exact same. I also tell people to, and at least this is not something I can necessarily back up with evidence, but I can say certainly from my own experience that what you said about how much you eat, when it comes to how the size of your body, how much you eat is way more important than what you're eating. Food quality is second. But as, a, it's as so, an early step, it's so much easier to be consistent and maintain long-term caloric deficits if you're eating really nourishing, filling foods. Yes. It's so hard to under-eat French fries. It's really, really hard to under-eat French fries and, like, milkshakes. It's it's really not that hard. Well, our body to, loves it so much that it just keeps eating more of it, right? It's so like palatable. Like, dextrose and, yeah. or any of the other type of stuff, the, the mixture of those type of things. Like, I mean, the, the big eaters I know within powerlifting or any of that or strongman, like, those guys add dextrose to their food. Because it makes them more hungry. Yeah. And that's how you get in 14 cups of rice a day and seven pounds of beef. Real thing, by the way. Yeah. Real person's diet. No, Stan efforting working yeah. with Half Thor. Yeah, um, I saw it. It was wild. He t- it literally, he's like, we had to get avoid any form of fiber because it was just too filling. What's more important than a peace of mind? Well, really nothing when you're talking about online stuff. That's what NordVPN is here for. Give you peace of mind while you're online and with all the threats that you face today on the internet it's important it's more important than ever really to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get 
NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com B-L-E-A-V or use the code B-L-E-A-V, that's believe to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Thank you so much, NordVPN, for sponsoring this podcast. Do you want to make some money? Yes, of course you do. How about you invest it in some exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? I'm talking about ART. Art, buddy. Masterworks is the new investing app that lets you invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, Warhol, without needing millions of dollars. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log on to the masterworks.art slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. That's masterworks.art slash believe. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosure. Head stand on the podcast and we were talking about that, like leading up to the Arnold, mm-hmm. right? And so like it's January and half he's sitting like it's like four forty two is his body weight. Jeez. He's the the mountain. Yeah. Game so of Game of Thrones, yeah, world's strongest man now boxing, uh known him a long time. And so like talking about that, he says uh yeah, as he's cleaned his diet up for longevity. Uh, you know, taking care of his joints better, less inflammation, whatever we can do to get a couple percentage at that level, you have to yep. take it um, or admit you don't give a shit. <laughs> and so, yeah, it doesn't matter that much to you. Really. Right. And so like Haffy at that point is eating like two cups of cooked rice and a pound of ground ribeye and some carrots doing vertical diet with Stan. Like every 90 minutes he's awake. Like it's, it's nonstop work. That's so hard. That's 14 cups of rice and seven pounds of beef a day. And they're trying to figure out where do we put more calories in to get more weight on him for the Arnold because he needs to show up about 460. And so the solution was they added 36 eggs a day. A day. Because you can mix it in with the rice. You don't have to chew it. You can just cook it in with the rice like fried rice and you just shovel. That's just ridiculous. And for me as a strength guy who really chased max strength for a long time, if that's something you're turned on by as an athlete, I really hope you take a period of time to eat as much as you can and try to get as strong as you can right. for a chapter because it's really fun. Yeah. It's really fun to get really strong fast and it'll do it. It's probably thrilling. I, yeah, to, I mean, if you can handle the getting a little grosser looking, then... But it's prob- it probably is. I, I'm sure, yeah, that's probably a hard thing to do with to look and see, like, double chins. Well, it's already gross, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it's probably really exhilarating to lift... Yeah, I, to, to do, essentially, superhero shit. I hit PRs, like, when I first got into powerlifting, was eating a ton. 15 weeks in a row? Like, lifting? Like... Whether it was, you know, doing cleans or doing axle press or doing a log and every week was bigger. I've hit PRs in my, like and, 15 times in my life. And even that was, was drug free. Yeah. And I was so new to the sport and I've got all the newbie gains coming from learning the implements better, doing this and figuring it out. Plus eating a ton, a ton. And for anyone out there who can't gain weight, you, you don't care enough. You're not eating enough. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You're not eating enough, and if you or think you are, or the you answers, are, you're not, or you're literally a genetic freak. I mean, well, I, I, I have met those people that are the guys that are just like they look like they're tweakers, mm-hmm. and and I've watched them like do, go to In and Out and do four double doubles, and they're they're like I can't gain. I'm like okay, well, you yeah, well show me some. show me the receipts that you did it for three weeks. That's true. That's true. Also, yeah. show me the receipts that you did it for six months. Mm. That's what I want to see. I want to see the consistency of it because the math wins. Like. You're not in a caloric surplus and not gaining weight. That's impossible. That's a that's a great point, and I, I love hearing you say it, consistency wins because I try to tell people. Um, uh, oftentimes, uh, I get people that I work with on Patreon, and they they're 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 motivated and they're disciplined and they do they're they're doing all the right things, mm-hmm. but they have kids or they have a job and 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 stress and life comes up. Yeah, of course. And it does. so, 
they're most of the time they're constantly on me in the beginning saying, I feel like I can do more. And I go, okay, but first show me that you can consistently do this. Right. And I always try to tell people like consistency of a really small, well curated collection of things is so much better and so much more important than exotic perfection for short periods of time. Well, if you want to get really good at anything, whether that's your aesthetics or training or strength or anything, like get used to boredom. Yeah. Like you don't get new fancy workouts every week. That's not how it works. You don't improve by changing the stimulus every week. You improve by stressing the body, tearing muscle down. Yeah. Giving it time to recover. And then it grows back stronger. Yeah. And so you do that for a decade and then it looks a certain way. Yeah. You know, um, do you deal with that too where, um, yeah, I don't want to sound like <laughs> it, it sounds douchey to say it this way, but this is just the reality. Um, people will either get involved with your mentorship or they'll look to you for training and guidance and they say, well, I just want to be like, I just want to look like you. And you go, mm. I think you should get a time machine. And find right. And you go like, oh, I've been doing this for 25 right. years. Right, right. I haven't like anyone like friends of mine. Right. And it's like. Oh, you know, I'm looking to get back in the gym. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. I got in when I was 13 and I maybe had like a six month window or a year window when I got out of track and field in college that I didn't lift, but I rode mountain bikes a lot. Yeah. And I got chubby. I ate like a dick. And so, um, <laughs> but once I got back into it, like, it was always a part of it. And even now the training is so different. It was really hard for me to shift back to a new style of training, which I'm doing now, which is far more zone two cardio. Like I'm interested in health of longevity and seeing how good I can make this do fun things, whether that's mountain biking or adventuring or whitewater rafting or fun, fun shit outside. Um, It was hard for me to get back into strength training because I can't train the way I like And the way I like is heavy and explosive and the things that I got really good at over a really long time. Um, And it was a big push to just be like, do you believe strength training is important to you? And this is questioning myself. Mm. Do you believe strength training is important to you? And my answer is yes, I do think it's critical. And from there it was like, so only if it fits the way that you want to train or is it important? Bless you. And so I finally decided it was important. Right. Um, I also had an ayahuasca trip that kind of kicked me out of giving a shit about lifting heavy. So I've never, I've never talked to, and I've had people who have done DMT. Mm-hmm. I've certainly done more acid and mushrooms than most people. I imagine with a different intention when you were doing it. Yeah, but uh, I certainly also um, mushrooms, especially acid. I definitely just wanted to get fucked up. But, yeah. but uh, mushrooms, I, I got. There were times when I just wanted to be not myself. Mm-hmm. There are also times where I was like. We went to Arrowhead or Joshua Tree, and I was like, I want to change my perspective on things. But I've, ne- I've never, ever, either via podcast or talked to someone in person that did ayahuasca that has had anything different to say except for it changed the way I look at the whole world. Yes. Everyone says this that, that whole thing. It's of the psychedelics I've done, mushrooms and LSD and DMT or anything else, um, my experience with ayahuasca – Definitely was was probably the least least visual. Mm-hmm. I didn't get much out of it visual wise. A lot of internal, but got some really big stuff done. And like one of the nights that that I did it in Costa Rica at uh, the place Rhythmia that uh, Bonnie and I had gone, um, my knee and hip started this conversation with me. I'm like fair enough, okay. And so how you doing, buddy? Yeah, and so it was like, hey, can we talk? And I'm like, yeah. What's up? It's like, so everything going well for you is based on work we've done. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, so you've traveled around, you've met all these people, you've talked to people, you've learned all these things, and the only tool in your toolbox seems to be a hammer. Yeah. So do you actually care? But like, and, and so it's like, we're done, dude. We've died on our shield for this cause of your life that you wanted to pursue. How about some fucking respect? So that's a really profound thing for your knee. We're never going to go back. We're never going to go back. 
And did you did you translate that into life as a whole, not yeah. just training? Because I, I the reason I ask that is because you are a really and I don't mean this as as a pejorative. I mean this in a positive. You're like a macho man's man. You like okay. you love pickup trucks and yeah. and hunting, lifting big weights and stuff. And um, I my experience with those guys, uh, especially in uh, the world of recovery, I'm talking about you know military mm-hmm. cops, uh, you know MMA fighters, guys like you know real uh, macho dudes have a real hard time not approaching uh, emotional pain and struggle with the hammer because it works so well in, you know, it's it like, it, I, I, you know, walk it off. I don't give a fuck. I, I chew nails. Let's go. I did it a long time. And that doesn't really serve you well when it comes to things like trauma or addiction or <sighs> depression, you know, like you kind of, you got to put the hammer down for a second and get out the feathers. Or let's, why don't we explore some other things, sure. if nothing else. Did you, was that something that you think you, you had you already gained that or was that something that ayahuasca helped you gain? Um, by the time I was doing ayahuasca, mm. uh, I was really open for that. Mm. But was I don't know that I ever fit full typical meathead stuff. Um, I've always been artsy and strange. Yeah, that's true. You liked you- all that type of shit. I was always interested. Like, as soon as people started talking about psychedelics, I remember as a kid, I'm like, huh? But... How do you? But even right? even even beyond that, I mean, one of the things I admire about you greatly is that you, uh, whether or not it's 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 completely comfortable or not, you you have no problem being you, even if it doesn't fit the social norm of whatever kind of uh, demographic that it. You sure. Know, like I, I don't think there's many guys showing up to powerlifting competitions with David Bowie. Tattoos and like little pink shorts. No, uh, it's not. You're it's like, not the honor. Not the that's what I like crowd. to wear. So fuck off. You know. Right. And look, I also love the disarming nature of it yeah. too. I, I really like not fitting into that bro mold. Yeah. Um, also, look, man, the amount of weight you're lifting in this days in conference room <laughs> for your powerlifting meet, you know, it doesn't fucking matter. No. In and I don't mean that the powerlifting doesn't matter. Also, like that was how I handled anxiety for my own sport was getting ready to compete at world championships or anything else like that. But getting ready to throw like my whole thing with the brand was it's a you know, spread hate, always party. And the always party mentality was like, you know, we're at the world championship. Job's done. Yeah. Let's have some fun. Let it fucking rip. dude. Yeah. Like this is the whole thing you train for. There's no pressure here. Now's your time to do the thing you've practiced. This is your job. Yeah. And so. At the end of the day, you know, my PRs aren't going to be on my tombstone. And they damn sure aren't going to make the important list of shit that happened on Earth. Mm-hmm. So why not enjoy it and realize that it's for me only? And all the, val- the, all the valuable stuff that you've gained from it has already been gained. It's already right. Good. right. And, and whether you win or lose, like the accountability, the trust in yourself, mm-hmm. the self-confidence of, of showing up every day, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I and think and really I think a point. lot of that really boils down to where people build their identity. Mm. And I didn't ever have the identity of a Highland game guy. I had an identity of an athlete. And when that slipped away from being hurt, that really fucked me up mm-hmm. to go from 2016 finishing second in the world to like, all right, you know, the knee's a little bad shape. We need to do an ACL, which is common. Like, cool. Take the gear off, document it, back to back to work in 2018, sure. let it rip. Didn't work out that way. ACL surgery didn't go great, which follows up with another four. And then a meniscectomy and its procedure, a high tibial osteotomy, and then finally total knee replacement in January of 19. Sounds so fun. Um, You know, in hindsight of it, which I may as well be positive with if it's my choice. Um, I wouldn't have left the sport healthy. Yeah. Like, th- th- there wasn't a timeline where I, good enough, yeah. and then I leave at the top. I wouldn't have done it. I would have faded out. I would have lost a couple years. I would have pushed a few things that didn't matter. I'd have traveled and done some things different. I wouldn't be sitting here. My business wouldn't be doing what it's doing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be in the shape I'm in. Uh, who fucking yeah. knows? So a whole different life without yeah. getting hurt. No, it's, um, I, I, I tell my wife that all the time. You know, it's, uh, if I get too emo about, you know, all the – it tends to happen either around my biological birthday or my sober birthday. Mm. Where I start to get shameful or develop regrets about how I used to live my life. 
And then I almost always come back to the point where it's like, well, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything because without it, there's no way I would be married to you. There's no way I'd be right. here in my farm with chickens and guinea fowl and my beautiful daughter and have, I'm genuinely happy. And I, you know, just the slightest little tweak to any of that wouldn't have gotten me. No, but I mean, I why to. not, instead of shame and guilt around it, right? Like, mm-hmm. why not have gratitude because that guy is still alive? Yeah. No, I mean. Do you I, know what I mean? Like, I thank do. him for, even though you're fucking out of control, mm-hmm. you weren't all the way. Yeah. And uh, 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 I, I, it's, you're not it's, in jail. You're not dead. One million percent agree. It's so difficult, and it's so easy to do on paper to like be like, I have a gratitude journal. Sure, I'm, sure, sure. But to truly to feel it. embrace the, the gratitude, um, it's some sometimes it's very hard for me. I think um, it's hard for a lot of people. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel guilt around it. And I think a lot of people feel guilt around celebrating victories, their own personal stuff. Um, it's really hard because I think most people spend their time in comparison, mm-hmm. and so. I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough at this. I can't show it off. I can't try that. I don't have enough money. It's a big one. Yeah. Um, And man, social media does not help with that. You know, you know, sure. Um, I I think that social media, man, it's, it's fire. It should be respected as such. Like this is a tool and it can either be used to warm your home and, and build businesses and make money and forge tools and build a universe or it can get out of control and fucking burn, burn it you. to the ground yeah. the same way anxiety or any of that works right like the hero and the coward feel the same heat from the fire the fire is not any different yeah it's the use of the tool it's a great great analogy it's a great analogy it's a it is it, and it, it's like such an amazing uh, benefit to humanity but at the same time it could be so dangerous um, and, and again, like we talked about last night, right? Like you're in the wild west. Yeah. This this is a <clears throat> when when social media started, and I went in that route, and it's become whatever it's become, and I now have a career kind of based on building that and creating content. Whenever for a long time, if my nephews or someone else would have been like, "I want to do blah blah blah," the answer is like, "Go to college." Yeah. I don't know that I feel that way anymore. Right. Because. This cat's not going back in the bag. Like, Mm -hmm. this is now a route that is open for everyone that isn't a job that existed when I was a kid. This will never not be a job now. No. Right? And so, like, myself or other people who caught some of it, we're we're first generation that got to build a living from this tool. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an interesting transition point that didn't exist and now will always be... It's true. I mean, I, if someone approached me now and they're like, I want to get into radio, I'd be like, mm, just podcast. Get, be, get, become interesting and eloquent and well-informed and start your own podcast. You know, well, because- so, so my brother, right? My brother, um, Andy's, Andy's your age. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, outside sales job, works in the petrochemical industry, um, uh, has done great. Uh, wife, kids, and he, we were talking the other day and he's like, yeah, I, want, I want to do more. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, what? are you interested in and so he's like you know i like my job and all that so like i just need something else because he's not training to compete anymore like yeah. there's what do i fucking do there's a niche i need it yes i need an obsession and so he's like you know a lot of people talk to me that i should do voiceover work and his voice is great yeah. sounds like uh xerxes from the 300 just the most manly deep voice on so the planet bastard so jealous i know and i so, talk for a living i have the bitch ass voice <clears throat> And so Andy, he hits me up about that. And he's like, I just don't know what like step one would be to doing voiceover work. And so like, think about it for a while. And I ended up calling him back. I'm like, I got it. And I was like, start a podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, or start an Instagram or anything, but you're going to need reps to do this anyway. Like no one's just hiring you because you talk this way. Right. You need to be good at it. You need to be able to do different tones and do different things. And so you need reps just like training. So why not start finding stories you like, edit those into a minute long script and do your voiceover. Do two or three characters. Yeah. That's it. Or yeah. recite stories you like or poems or Edgar Allan Poe or any of these other things that are interesting to get reps. Right. And if you're good at it and people are into it, you'll know, find you. It's a, it's, it's great. And, and um, I, you know, Stephen King was saying, and also it's essentially the same thing in, in the, um, the war of art 
where uh, the author admitted, he's like, I spent so much time trying to get the perfect, um, the perfect kind of outline and uh, get the, the, the right style and everything. He's like, all I need to do, just start writing. Just start if writing. we want to be a writer, start writing. If you want to do voiceover, just do voices. Right. You want Figure to figure out a way to start going to the gym. Yeah. And you know? if you can't go to the gym five days a week, then you're not going to ever get good at this. Yeah. Uh, no different than if you can't consistently sit down and write for an hour a day, you're not going to get good at this. And the difference between someone who can say, I'm going to sit down and write every day and be disciplined and get better at it through the course of a year mm-hmm. <clears throat> is very different than the person who can't stop thinking about writing. Right. And it's okay to not be them because they're not well-rounded. Like most super mutants I know, they're locked in a thing. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, you know, not growing up, but certainly once I transitioned into really realizing like I was going to be on the radio, that was going to be a job and a career for me. Uh, who do you look to? But Stern. Stern sure. He's the, he's the Michael Jordan, right? And I would hear him talk about his life and, and his unwavering, which is, I, I'm saying this as a positive, his unwavering passion. And he, he just sacrificed everything to make sure he was always the best. And he was show, his show prep and his, and his hard work. And, he's, and, and alternatively, I would hear him talk about how he never changed one of his kids' diapers. He's like, that was for my wife. I... I was going to be the best in radio. Um, and radio. I did. And he's talked about, I, uh, I went to bed at, you know, six in the evening every night because I knew I had to be up early and everything. And I was like, man, I, I don't want that. I don't want it that bad. I don't want, you know, I don't, I don't want it that bad. Dude, I don't I, really I look have at it, that. I, I look at it with, you know, growing a YouTube channel, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've worked at that for a really long time and nothing's ever popped or blown. I've got 40 K over a decade. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that wouldn't. It's not exactly Jake Paul coming in. No, but you also have other things that you are definitely. Of super course, of course, of course, about, right? right? But I mean, it's not like I haven't tried to build that thing. It just didn't didn't work. But if also, you, if never you, quit. If you tried to build it in the same way that you build other businesses, yeah, I tried. You would be. I you tried. Would be the I traveled Jake Paul and tried to film and tried. It just. It just didn't. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever reason, I didn't translate to that medium on that scale. But the people who do like it really like it. And yeah. so I've continued to serve that audience. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. The getting better at stuff like that, like the choosing that passion and that obsession. Like I look at uh, one of the local guys here, Nick Bear, mm-hmm. who's incredible, uh, incredibly fit, was bodybuilding, is now doing ultra marathons and did an Ironman. And like, like I, I look at Nick and like just finished doing another 100 mile trail run. Good times. And he's running a giant supplement company that's exploding in size that went, that had like a 4X growth or yeah, 400% growth uh, over the last couple of years. And I just, I can't imagine stomaching the the stress of mm. how, how much more should we order next time? Like, what do you, yeah, that's more than we sold last year is our next order. <laughs> and like. They're dealing with money at big levels. Ugh. So, yeah. No, but you said it. You said it to me last night. Um, now, hope not talking. Sorry, about sorry. Story. So back, back to Nick. And so oh, yeah. Like what I watch with Nick, I don't have it. Yeah. That thing he's got that's building that business that's driving that thing. I, if I'm like, oh, so if I do hundred mile trip, like if I do something with YouTube that way, and train for it the way we did the uh, documentary we did Fragile, you know what does that do? And I'm like, I don't. I don't know if I have it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I have the attention span to show up every day and go catch that run and do that thing. Like I did that for Or a long even time. if your personality is congruent with being that guy, you know? I, I uh, right. you and I were talking about it last night. I, I again I don't I hope I'm not talking out of school, mm-hmm. but you were saying that, you know, money to me is just a tool. It it's is a tool to do the things that I'm really passionate about. That's know? it. You know? I, I look at it as a tool, right? Like the only scarce commodity I can think of is time. And so money allows me options to make better, efficient use of my time. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I'm trying to buy. Like, that's what I'm interested in. I want the efficiency between my house and the gym. That's why I built a garage gym right. years ago was to eliminate my excuse of going to the gym. Because I'll look for one. Yeah. I'm so fucking lazy. The 
the there's an Anthony Bourdain quote that always resonated really hard with me, and it was this: "He's like my entire life has been a series of stratagems to outsmart the part of me that wants to lay on the couch and smoke <laughs> pot all day and watch cartoons and old movies." I couldn't agree more, man. And I'm like, that's, what, that's why this house has no video game consoles. Sure, not because I don't like gaming, because I do like gaming, right. and I know that it's just that's just a bad move. Bad yep. move, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of my own problems and so like one of the reasons why after I got finally finished with the Highland Games my body was started working I took on a new challenge of trail running Mm -hmm. so signed up for a 20 mile trail run in Bryce Canyon last year with no running experience and decided fuck we'll train for it so 16 weeks trained for it and finished it it was great did it in 6 hours it's not fast wasn't the goal it's not slow but my goal for the training Mm -hmm. was I want to be in good shape enough to enjoy my time and experience. experience yeah that's a great I want way to be, be able it. to present instead of be on this death march to prove to who like if i finish that in five like i'm gonna push me enough to know that i want to finish empty and that's it and you it, i think it's a great uh carryover to to just everything in life like you said i trained hard enough so that i can have a good time that, that's what so i wanted I to do enjoy i'm not trying to i did the win thing for a long time yeah. right um i got a lot out of that and so i also purposely chose an activity or sport that I won't be good at <laughs> because me not being good at it never lets the obsession, the obsession switch flip. That's why I, did and I don't that's currently why I did, have time for That's it. why I did dancing with the stars. <laughs> yeah. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I did it for the money. Um, dude, let's wrap this up. Uh, before we go, you have a lot of really actually genuinely awesome things going on. Uh, with coffee, with merchandise and clothing, with your gym, and also most, in my opinion, most impressively with this mentoring program. Thanks, so, man. Tell people. Yeah. So, um, so I've got my apparel company, Hate Brand Goods, it's been around a long time. So uh, the hate.com, it's spelled uh, terrible, H-V-I-I-I. So it's H with a Roman numeral eight. Um, it's, that, it's clever. <sighs> very, eight years very, into people who can't pronounce the name of your company very isn't as helpful it's as very a, like very like new metal you know yeah. like your metal band with a rapper how's know? adidas a better word it, well it's, in, it's german yeah isn't it? is it i think i think adidas is isn't a german i don't know soccer i just <laughs> kicking things um so hate brand goods i have habit coffee is my coffee brand um We've been around since 2017. Apparel we've done since 2014. Written a couple books, working on a new one. Uh, hopefully out at some point later this year. And then the mentorship is new with um, the 1612. And that was kind of my impetus. I remember my father passing away at uh, in April of 2014. So my dad died of pancreatic cancer um, at 62. Mm. That's not um, a pretty The day cancer. before my birthday of 31. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Like it's one in 365 chance. It's not exactly rare. But it's also not... A f- I won't forget the day. Pancreatic cancer is a rough one. It is. So that was you know, 11 months yeah. from diagnosis to dead. Oof. And so things went from normal to that. And I just remember hearing my mom of like, yeah, this wasn't the plan. This wasn't the plan. And as I got to thinking about it, especially with the you know him dying at 62 and me being 31, halfway. Oof. And if you're halfway, what are you doing? What are we doing with our time? And for me, looking at that, like 1,612 weeks, that's it. When I'm 31, I'm now 38. I have like 1,220 weeks left. I have 1,220 weeks to do all the things I've ever dreamed about. That's it. That's how many days are left. It really changes perspective when you think about it. And so for me, that that's how it feels. And so every week, like if I pluck a marble out of the jar of 1,600 plus marbles, you know, did I spend that marble? Did I spend that marble on a week full of obligation to things that I'm not passionate about and I don't care about with people I don't give a shit about really being around that somehow I'm just stuck? Or was it on the gas? Was it doing things to get better? Was it pushing myself? Was it new experiences? Was I present? Or was I surviving? And for me, I want want to push. I want to see what else I'm capable of. And I want to be around other people that are. And I've been fortunate enough to make such incredible friends with people who get that already and the more i realized with working one-on-one with clients and mentorship was that they don't have the resources yeah i've been so lucky to meet numerous people that do impossible things Mm -hmm. impossible things that i can no longer admit that impossible shit can't happen yeah i mean jeff bezos started selling books out of a garage 
Used books. It's a used bookstore. Do you know what I mean? And now he's changed Earth. Yeah. But nothing's impossible. No, I and, uh, you know, it's it sounds cliche now, but I was really thinking about, like, Elon Musk, like, took invented a certain new type of automobile that runs on battery. Well, let's not forget he invented PayPal. But then, but then took that car and he's like, I'm going to send it to space. And he's like, I'm going to, and you're like, okay. And then he built a rocket and shot it into space. We have a private citizen who's just like, I'm going to build rockets and shoot them into space. I'll yes. take care of the space program. Incredible. Yes. Dude, impossible things. What I've seen Ellis do or any of these right. people, guys, like guys do impossible stuff. Uh, Hapthor, Steffi Cohen, like any of these people that inspire me that are in my such close resources that do impossible things. Yeah. And so I realized that I wanted to be a resource who's seen things and did things and share that perspective with people and be able to share more resources. And if you're around your group of people and they don't care about you wanting to do more and keep trying to drive, like, why would you do that? Why, you know, why do you want to feel that way? Why aren't you happy with what you have? You've got a good job. Like, no, if you want more, you don't have to explain it to people. You shouldn't. Nope. You shouldn't. If they don't, if they aren't interested, fuck them. Where's the best place for people to get in touch with you? Probably Instagram. Uh, I hate Matt Vincent on Instagram. Um, and it's also spelled, it's spelled like. Yep. Yeah. Just like, like your brand. Okay. Um, you can email me. Matt. MattVincent.net. There you go. Thank Hit you. Appreciate it, man. Pleasure, brother. Let's uh, watch Scooby-Doo. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen. On sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.